0: Now you caged in This
1: is what boys turn to made men This ain't no game, ain't no playpen Come with the hook and the kick Now your stomach is sick and there ain't no escaping Come to the cage and get knocked out Come into work and get clocked out Get hit with uppercut straight to the upper
0: cut, down for the count and he can't even talk now This MMA, what we talking about Yeah, you tuned into the pod now Gon' be hard for you to stop now Yeah,
1: we caged in Caged in. Yeah, we caged in.
0: Welcome back to another episode of Caged In. I'm your host, Chris DiCarlo. Today, I got a very special guest on the line with me. He's the founder of Cage Titans FC, also the head promoter and matchmaker. It's Mike Polbear. How are we doing today, Mike?
1: Doing great, man. Week out from fight night, so uh, just getting everything in order. Last yes, minute. sir.
0: We're counting down the days to that July second card. It's going to be an amazing one. I can't wait to be in the building for it. It's always a good time. It's always electric. You guys do a hell of a job putting on a show. Um, I want to talk about that card with you a little bit, but first, when I get new people on the show, I kind of like to get their background a little bit, get to know them a little bit better, and then dive into the good stuff. So, off the rip, where are you born? Where were you like born and raised? where did you grow up?
1: Uh, so, actually, I'm a South Shore guy at HOT. I uh, grew up. I went to Abington High School. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I lived in Brockton for a little while. Then moved to Abington. Um, then eventually, uh, that's it, man. So I've been, been so sure I live in Plymouth now. So, um, you know, where, you know, cage Titans is Plymouth Yeah, you know, I live here where all our fights are here, but yeah, growing up, I, uh, went to Brockton schools elementary and then I, I switched over to Abington and I went to Abington high school.
0: Nice dude. Um, were you always a fan of MMA or what kind of got you into the sport as a fan? first first and foremost
1: yeah so uh you're a little younger than me but back in the day they used to be black boxes and it's how you would steal uh like pay-per-views and you know think of on demand but back then it was cable box so like right, a yeah, good yeah. friend of mine had a black box in his basement and i used to go over there and like we would we would legally i guess now you call it illegally stream but it, yeah, yeah, we'd, yeah we'd snag the pay per views so i'd watch fights over his house and you know um I was an aggressive kid growing up, so I guess uh, that's kind of how I, I fell into fighting.
0: Yeah, and then like you said, you got into fighting too. Is that's kind of what pushed you into getting into the gym? Is you kind of saw the sport and you're like, you know, what, I want to give that a try, and that kind of brought you in.
1: Yeah. So uh, for me, I mean, I was I was an aggressive guy. I played hockey growing up. I played a little football, um, but hockey was my sport. Um, oddly enough, I was pretty aggressive, but I was a goalie, so it's like, <laughs> you, you know, you really can't. I wasn't an enforcer. I didn't get a chance to fight a lot. So. Right. Uh, you know, I, I think that's what happened, but yeah, probably about 15 years ago, um, I always had kind of a passion and, and, and I wanted to give fighting a try and, um, I started training and, and, and you know, as a uh, one thing led to another and eventually I was good enough to take a fight, but you know, what, what really made me start getting into cage times I mean, I, I ended up fighting, um, a couple times as an amateur, a couple times as a pro, but what kind of got me into it is, is seeing the ins and outs, and, and, and I'll be honest with you, um, the business was filled with some shitbag promoters and and matchmakers, and, and my background was in marketing and sales, and I had such a, a deep passion for the sport, I was like, I can do this better. And, and I wanted to give fighters an opportunity if you know, like I had, I, I, I dreamed of that day of fighting. Yeah. And what what some of these younger fighters do, they dream about this day, but then you have these guys that were involved in the sport that were just shitty people. And they rip off fighters, you know, um, not pay fighters, things of that nature. And I'm like, I love this sport so much. I want to give these guys an opportunity to compete for a promotion where they don't have to worry about the bullshit. You know, matchmakers lying about the experience of uh, opponents. Um, You know, I remember my pro debut. (laughs) My opponent had a contract for 135. My contract said 145. What the hell? And... Um, I remember, you know, we defriended each other, uh, leading up to the fight off, of, off of social media and the week of the fight, he came up and he's like, Hey, how's your weight cut going? I know we said we want to talk, but like, how's your weight cut going? I just want to make sure like everything's in line. And I said, ah, I'm good, man. He's like, well, oh, okay. I just never, I knew you never made 35 before. So I wanted to make sure that you were good. I'm like 35, you know, my contract said 45 and he flipped this shit. Uh-huh. And he was like, I told the promoter, I knew that matchmaker was scamming me, telling me you'd make 35 just to get me to sign the contract, and now we're a week away. And, you know, just shady shit like that, uh, yeah. you know, happens. So I said, listen, I can do this better. Um, And and I, I thought we could, and, and that's where we are.
0: Yeah, what, what were kind of like the ins and outs of getting a fight promotion started in the first place? Like what kind of hoops did you have to jump through with the state and stuff like that? Because that's always kind of what's interested me about just like, starting a fight promotion you know
1: yeah so um i actually was an operation are you from this area i am i live on cape all right so um lombardo's is a a function facility in randolph and at the time i i was fighting i was an operations manager there and the owners back in like the 80s did boxing Mm -hmm. um so they they came to my fights and they were supporting me fighting and and they said why don't we do the You know, would you, would, would, could you get somebody to come do fights here? Let's give MMA a chance. So I convinced them to give MMA a chance. And I brought a promoter that I fought in, fought for, um, in, and I should, I should have known better. Sure as shit. Bounced the check to us at the facility. The next day after the event had fighters outside waiting to get paid that said they didn't get paid. Um, But the owners of Lombardos were like, "This was amazing! Like, we had a great night. It was it was better than we expected." They had obviously huge bar sales, so they were happy. Exactly, and and they said, "Hey, can we do this without that guy?" Like, we had a great experience with the sport itself, Mm -hmm. but not that promotion and not that person. Um, and, And they said to me, "Mike, you're a fighter. You know all the fighters. You you know you your background's marketing and sales. Like, what do we need to do to do another event like that, but without that guy?" And and uh, as they say, the rest is history. I applied for my promoter's license and uh, my matchmaker's license and just kind of ran with it.
0: Yeah, man. You guys now you have, you've, have quite a few Cage Titans cards under your belts.
1: You started the promotion when? Was it 2010? 2010, yes. 2010. Um, it's actually, we're, we, we're closing in on our anniversary. I believe it was July 30th, 2010.
0: Oh yeah, definitely closing in on it then. And um, when did you kind of cement the fact that Plymouth Memorial Hall would be like your permanent home? Because I know you guys had some cards like here and there around the New England area, but now it seems like you guys really like honed in and, you know, put your stake in the ground at Plymouth Memorial Hall.
1: Yeah, so I fought at Memorial Hall twice. I fought on the last card that Reality Fighting actually did at Memorial Hall. I fought on a card that AFO did at Memorial Hall and... Are none the venue's best, best in New England, you know, best local venue for what the size crowd and all that that we bring. Um, but those two shows that I fought on, the crowd was abysmal, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it didn't have any crowd. And I was kind of nervous. I was like, well, this is the best venue, but maybe people don't want to drive down to Plymouth. And, right. and uh, there was only one gym down in this area, mm-hmm. um, but we did Lombardo's and they did a million dollar renovation after our third cage Titans event. And they just basically were like, Mike, you know, we love these events, but we just put a million dollar renovations. There's new rugs and chandeliers and wallpaper and all that. Like, you know, you know, maybe we, we should stop doing fights for a little bit. So then we went to a union hall in Boston, the local one Oh three, did a couple of events there. We did a show up in New Hampshire and, uh, September 10th, 2011, uh, was our next scheduled event. And I, I looked at Plymouth and I said, it's the 10 year anniversary of September 11th. Um, it's America's hometown mm-hmm. and really wanted to tie into the community and in, 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 in the remembrance of September 11th. Um, and it just kind of like we called the show United and, and just kind of, everything kind of came together and we had an amazing event and it, it squelled all, you know, Thoughts in my head that Plymouth was not a, uh, a viable location. Um, we sold it out, and, and we've been there ever since. Dude, it's crazy. That's a
0: crazy story, too, because um, just me being a fan and being in the building, you can just tell by the atmosphere how perfect the content that you guys are putting on mixed in with the atmosphere of the venue, that what it lends to the promotion, and everything just kind of just seems to fit like a glove for you guys. So that's why I was kind of curious, like, kind of how... Like you bounced around a little bit, and now you're like, okay, no, this is the spot. You know, this is the this is the place to be.
1: Yeah, you know, and 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 I say it a lot. Um, you know, I've moved my family to Plymouth. I live. I've been here for six, seven years. Um, we like to be involved in the community, and 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 back in the day, they're not there anymore. But when I started coming to Plymouth, if you remember the Pawtucket Red Sox, yeah, um, of course. Like when you think Pawtucket, Rhode Island, you think Pawtucket Red Sox. They're synonymous. Um, yeah. You know, and, and that's kind of what I wanted to build here in Plymouth. When you think Plymouth, America's hometown, Plymouth Memorial Hall, it's Cage Titans. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think the community is really attached to it. Um, and I know we're going to talk about it later, but it also seemed fitting for the first time ever to do a 4th of July weekend card, which we'll talk about later. But yeah, uh, sure. we were the first ever live event back in Plymouth after COVID. Um, and being in America's hometown, it is huge for the 4th of July with parades, fireworks, all that. Um, they haven't done it yet since COVID's uh, since COVID. Yeah. So this is their first year. They're getting back to doing the parade and, and the fireworks. And so, you know, we were the first live event back at Memorial hall and back in Plymouth. And we just figured let's kick off the weekend. Right. Um, and, and get them, give them a great fight card.
0: Yeah, man, it's going to be a crazy weekend. Like you said, they have all the events down. Like I, I as just like a, a uh, normal like, person that lives in the area, I always go down to Plymouth Waterfront and stuff for like, the 4th of July stuff as well. So now that I'm kind of coming to the Cage Titans events and stuff now, like you said, just perfect way to kick off the weekend. I'll be there July 2nd, and then this place is going to be a madhouse. It's the busiest yeah. weekend of the year for the area, and now uh, you mix in the fight card and you mix in the 4th of July festivities. Everything is just going to be bananas yeah. it's gonna be bananas. i just wanted
1: you know as you mentioned that a couple people asked me not i don't want anybody to be disturbed from the weekend mm-hmm. um you know the fourth of july parade and fireworks is on monday mm-hmm. uh, so that's kind of why we picked that saturday you know we, we, we picked it strategically because friday night as you know living in the cape if you're ever up off cape on Friday. You don't mm-hmm. want to be stuck in Friday traffic. So, exactly. um, and then also with Plymouth being such a crazy 4th of July parade and fireworks place, we didn't want to touch it if the parade was going to be going on and the fireworks. But since those are Monday, we figured Saturday was a good slot to kind of kick it off.
0: Yeah, man, I think it's all going to work out as it should. You know, I think it's going to be a perfect weekend. It's going to be a blast. Everybody loves 4th of July weekend. So, this is just a cherry on top to kick off that celebratory weekend as well. Um, a couple questions, a couple more questions just about case Titans in general. I
1: got to ask you one. Ask yeah, yeah, one? let's go. Nobody you know, asked me questions. I, I love, love it. it. <laughs> I, you know, I'm going to interview you. So you let's said go. you like to go to Plymouth. What's your Plymouth spot that you go to?
0: Oh, man. See, I'm a little bit older now than uh, I'm 30 now. But when I first started drinking and going out in my early 20s, I would go to Waterfront Bar and Grill, yep. East Bay, Main Street, uh, T-Bones, which is no longer there anymore. Um, but now I kind of find myself migrating more towards like Cabby shack uh tavern on the wharf
1: um sorry speedwell. so i was asking you if you would just say oh speedwell that's a yeah. newer. one i didn't know if you were just gonna fire off a couple of like the cliche spots I, oh, probably, no I'm no no first one so you might have ran into dj skip back in the day
0: <laughs> yeah i do know dj skip <laughs> i do <laughs> he's a character yes. uh i just gotta know because i always i always ask this question what's like the craziest like backstage story that's kind of happened at
1: case times that event that you've been a part of Wow, oh, man, that's a good one. No one's really asked me that question before.
0: I know there's some probably some wild stuff that's happened behind the scenes, so I can yeah. only imagine.
1: Um, I mean, I, I mean, I've had a fighter pull out while he's warming up, which <laughs> is kind of crazy. Um, like on fight night? It, yeah, on fight night, he was warming up in the back and. Yeah, actually, I've had it happen. So I guess it's not that crazy because it's happened more than once. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mike Robertson, I believe, was the first one that ever had it happen. He was warming up in the back and he basically got a stinger going for a takedown or whatever he was doing to warm up. Um, and he pulled out like basically uh, not too you know far beyond before his fight. Um, it actually happened to Pat Gilbride. Pat Gilbride, um, he was fighting for us more recent. And he was just sick and he couldn't stop throwing up and he was yeah. hoping by fight day he would shake it and he was in the locker room. And I think like two fights before, um, I get hit up and like, Hey, Pat Kilbride has got to pull out. And I'm like, he, he's fighting. In two- <laughs> yeah, what he fights away. What do you mean? He, we're about to go to intermission. He's the first fight after intermission. And right. I rang up, uh, and you know, and he was sick in the back and he just couldn't shake it. Um, I would say those are probably, though I gave you two examples, the craziest, but yeah, um, yeah. Besides that, you know, I've had some interesting things. Guys trying to sneak on the other side of the locker room to catch a glimpse of their guy. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody and their mother uh, trying to sneak into the locker room. Oh, giving every excuse in the book why they can get back there. Yeah. Um, I think, actually maybe, I, I don't want to name the fighters, but I did have one incident where I got called up to the locker rooms because uh, two fighters were about to go at it. Oh, yeah. uh, so I have had surprised that. surprised
0: that doesn't happen more i'm surprised that doesn't happen more often
1: yeah you know sometimes when egos are involved and you know but i i mean ultimately like it's so hard for people to understand and i say this all the time like cage titans really like we are cage titans is not a promotional marketing you know brainchild to just like try to sell tickets like it really is what we are um you know though we're in the fight business everybody that's a part of cage titans is enjoys each other. It's a great community, and even if they, if if you know, tempers flare. You know, a quick run up the stairs, and I, you know, I'm there, and I'm like, hey guys, come on, man. And usually they chill out, and right. and, and you know we're part of something bigger. Um, you know, um, I've had I had a fighter get pissed off after one fight, and um, he put a hole in the wall. You know, I, we'll say it by accident, but he obviously did it purposely. But right, you know, right, in right. a moment of anger. And he was like, listen, I would never jeopardize this place. Whatever the cost is, you know, here's my card, you know, hold my purse, whatever you need to do, Um, would never want to jeopardize the bigger thing that we're here for, which is right. is, is, is the fights and the sport, cage tides, all that. Exactly.
0: Uh, do you have a favorite event that you've thrown since you've started cage tides? Do you have like one that sticks out in your mind? Like, okay, that is. And then every time there's like another card, like this is the bar, like this is the one. Is it better than that one? You know what I mean?
1: um you know what a lot of promoters are always in the business of like this fight card's the best mm-hmm. and then you just kind of lose credibility because then the next card they're like oh this is the best one ever and then the next one and this is the best one ever so um I, I mean i i can't say that there was a specific fight card that was the best um i'd be remiss if i didn't say the one that i proposed to my wife would probably be my favorite uh, Yeah, you know in front of is she
0: watching you right now did you have to say that no,
1: I didn't have to say that. <laughs> I mean, she is in the house. Um, Just my, one of my kids is sleeping. But if she did hear it, I might get some brownie points <laughs> like, Let's get through the window. But you no, know, getting engaged in front of all the people in, in, in our Cage Titans family, um, you know, that was a pretty special moment uh, mm-hmm. that will kind of always be there. Um, yeah, you know, there, there there's there's special times and special events for uh, all a slew of different reasons. Everyone's pretty special to me. I can probably point to something that happened at every one that I was like, Oh yeah, that was cool. Or you know why, why it sticks with me. Mm-hmm. I mean, the second one could have been my favorite one because I never thought I would do one show. And yeah. then it was, let's just do one just to say we did it. And the next thing you know, the second one, I'm like, Holy shit, I'm actually here again doing this. Oh, okay. This is kind of cool. Yeah. Or what about when we hit 20 and then we hit 30 and then we hit 40 Yeah. And we in a day at cage titans 50 it's like uh yeah man that, that's a good question but i'd have to i'd really have to think about it but i'd have to give yeah. a nod to the one that i got engaged of course uh, you know to my wife
0: hell yeah um one more cage titans based question and we can get into the card on july 2nd oh,
1: actually let, I, I gotta say my last one was pretty cool too patrice bergeron from the yeah Bro- that uh, was a
0: cool one i came was- back from the beer stand and my buddy was like yo patrice bergeron's over there and i was like what what do you yeah. mean it's crazy.
1: <laughs> it, I would say because I mean I grew up a hockey player. I played hockey since I was three years old, and and that was the sport that I played. Um, you know, all growing up, I played high school. I played junior hockey. Um, that was my sport. To, so for a Boston Bruins of that caliber, mm. uh, to be there, like you know, everybody knows Patrice Bergeron. The fact that he was sitting there at our uh, at our event, that was that was a yeah. pretty cool moment. Though I didn't even get a picture with him. Damn. Uh, no, not you know. No. For me, it was it was cool enough that we got a picture in his cage, something that uh, we all built together. That was just as good as him being inside that and uh, that picture with him.
0: Yeah, you guys ended up making some headlines with that too. I saw th- since <laughs> he was he was sporting the uh, the elbow brace, and everybody was kind of going crazy about it. And I was like, wait, that's that was that cage sightings because it was like local MMA event. Patrice Bergeron yeah. spotted with elbow brace, and everybody's going crazy. I, I think yeah. people forgot that they actually were like not playing anymore. They're out of the playoffs, and like that you people do that stuff at the end of the season. So I don't understand.
1: There was actually another player. I won't name his name, but he was supposed to come and uh, he got in for surgery that week. So what? he had to bail out on the last minute. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's when they got to get it done because they want to get ready for the season. So yeah, that okay. was kind of funny uh, Sunday morning when the Herald like <laughs> tagged, you got a tag from the Herald that was like, Oh shit.
0: <laughs> yeah. I saw maybe, that float around social have, media. Treats.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We shouldn't have posted it. Oh, <laughs> oh. It was
0: cool. Uh, all right, man, let's get into Cage Titans 54, July 2nd, Plymouth Memorial Hall. You know, 4th of July weekend, like we talked about, you know, the home of America, Plymouth. Uh, kind of give me your sales pitch a little bit on why people should show up to this card on 4th of July weekend. Why should they make this card a part of their 4th of July plans?
1: I mean, second and none, there's no better live event than ten, attending a Cage Titans. Um, even if you do not like fighting, I cannot tell you how many people like I wouldn't get caught dead at a fight. And then they call me, they're like, wow, this is better than anything I've ever been to. And now it's circled every time they have a card. Uh, we have an event, a live MMA event, whether you like bleeding and punching in the face and violence or not. It's just the passion that these guys and women have inside the cage. It's infectious. And when you're sitting in that crowd, you, you, you really feel that um so i mean it's just an amazing event to be a part of um you know fight fan or even not a fight fan these people have put in so much hard work you're looking at people trying to achieve their their dreams and their goals and uh so it's a beautiful thing to be a part as for the card itself i mean what more could you ask for i mean joe gianetti at the headliner uh, defending his lightweight belts, he's been training out at AKA with Khabib and Dan Cormier. Um, he's putting all the work in to try to get back to the UFC. Um, and, and Cage Titans, if, if Plymouth is you know red, white, and blue, and we bleed Plymouth as Cage Titans, Joe Giannetti bleeds Cage Titans. Uh, he's been with us his entire gate. Uh, amateur career, his pro career. He made it all the way to the ultimate fighter finale. Uh, So he's looking to get back to the UFC. He's doing all the things he needs to do. Um, And he's taking on Nate Williams. Um, You know, to Cage Titans fans, let's just tell you what it is. It's like Nate Williams came up from Atlanta when we came back from COVID July 10th of last year. So exactly, almost exactly a year ago. Mm -hmm. And he came in and he should, in many people's opinions, he was just going to be a footnote on Don Shanice's storied career with Cage Titans, mm-hmm. and he came up and disrupt the whole apple cart. He took out Don Shadis, a uh, huge victory, um, and, and he, he kind of earned himself a title shot, and he's been dabbling. He got a contract with PFL, uh, then he was doing some boxing, and now he's back to claim what is rightfully his, in his opinion, the, uh, a Cage Titans title. So that that oh, fight yeah. has, is, is amazing. Co-main event, I mean, who else is more Cage Titans than Slippery Pete, Peter Barrett. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's the second most uh, fights under the Cage Titans banner behind Johnny Cupcakes. Right. Uh, he's taking on Jacob Bone, who just fought Joe Giannetti for the title, who came up short. Um, you know, both guys could be a future opponent, whoever wins this, either a rematch for Bone or uh, Slippery Pete, getting that long-awaited uh, shot at that title. Mm-hmm. Um you know Zach Sabatino, nine and two. He's taken on Spencer Higa from Hawaii. Spencer's been around. You know he loves the bang. He's fought. Um, he fought uh, Frank Sforza. He fought Peter Barrett. Uh, Sab is another bleeding Cage Titans guy. Nine yeah. and two as a pro. He was six and zero oh as an amateur. Every single one of his fights are with Cage Titans. So I don't have to pump those guys up. You guys already know him. Oh hell yeah! Uh, but one that I'm I'm a, I'm pretty pumped for. Is the return of Hillary Rose. She has not fought for us since her amateur days. She went on to the Dana White Contender Series. She's trying to earn her way back up. Uh, she was the first ever female commentator two events ago, and she actually commentated the fight which her opponent was in, Gabrielle Golfin. Uh, Gabrielle Golfin and Kylie O'Hearn went to an absolute war. Fight of the night uh, was the poster for our last event, and uh, now Hillary's got a chance to take a crack at uh, Gabrielle Golfin, so that's going to be another fight, a uh, fun pro fight.
0: I'm a big fan of Hillary Rose, too. So once I saw, I remember, I remember I saw her post a picture of her signing a contract and I messaged her and I was like, yo, we got fight news. And she's, like, <laughs> she's like, yeah, I'm fighting for case times. And I was like, no way. Let's fucking go. Man. Like, I was so excited that, that she was coming here because, um, yeah, I run into her all the time at the events. I've had her on my show before. Um, I'm actually sponsoring one of her sponsors for this fight as well. Oh. Um that's nice, John. So I was like super excited to see her perform live. And like you said, you're even just running through those four fights, like that alone is yeah.
1: a never mind. And,
0: and there's uh, plenty War of Baby. other bangers, too.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, War <laughs> Baby Aaron Johnson is uh fighting Aunt Annabella Kelly out of Syndicate in Vegas. Uh, she's actually a student of uh, our former band of weight and UFC fighter Jay Perrin. Um, so Jay Perrin's flying in to corner his student Annabella oh, Kelly. Nice shit. Against Connor Matthews cornering mm-hmm. Aaron yeah. Johnson, so yeah. uh, that's another great fight. Xavier Cardona is back. We have three amateur title fights: Joe mm-hmm. Poirier and Tyler Smythe. Hassan Graham, Graham is defending his heavyweight title against Jack Burke, and then our first ever Muay Thai title between Lamont Payne and Colin Robinson. There's just there's just so many great fights. It's 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 uh, and it's funny because so many people are like, Mikey, you're gonna do another card only a couple weeks later, and it's like. Well, of course, like, look at these fights that we have and exactly. go, hey, let's do it. So I it's mean, your be talent
0: good. pool keeps getting bigger and bigger too. So that probably makes it for you being a matchmaker and a promoter. You got all these guys that you want to make fights for. So that just kind of like spills over to like, all right, well now we got enough fights to make another card. You know what I mean? So I'm sure it's like yep. kind of helps you do your job as a matchmaker.
1: Yeah. You know, and, and, and I, I say this phrase a lot. You got to backfill the lot. Like, you know, if I just put a fight card on with all the pros and all the names you all know. Well, how do I develop the next guy that's going to be that guy? So, you know, you, you look at Joe Giannetti or a guy like Peter Barrett or Nate Williams. It's like, all right, they're at the, up of the up top of the card. But who's like a first time or second time or a third time pro that's going to be the next Joe Giannetti, Johnny exactly. Um, And then so then you, you go all the way down the card. Who's the debut guy that in two or three fights is going to be a guy fighting for our amateur title? Who's the amateur title fighters on this card that in another fight or two are going to be making their pro debut? pro debuts and then who's the pro debuts that are going to be you know the next jeff joy who's three and know and looking to make a run so you know you got to kind of backfill the lot and keep these guys active keep these guys busy and i'll tell you another it, it's kind of a hindrance on my part and, and i kind of put a lot of pressure on myself if you put your name in on cage titans i am going to do whatever i can to get you a fight i hate getting names and being like ah, i'm sorry my card's full i don't have anything for you right. uh Because if they want to fight for cage signs and they want to be a part of this family, um, I want them. And and I want them to feel special and get a spot on our card. And it goes back to my early days. In the early days, a lot of guys were like, Mike, I only fight for promotion XYZ. I hate them. They treat me like shit. But you only put on so many cards and there's only so many slots. So I kind of have to fight for those guys. So I'm trying to erase that I have to fight for promotion XYZ though I'd prefer to fight for you because you don't have a spot for me. I'm just trying to give everybody a spot, everybody a chance, and I've said it once, i will say it a million times, I want everybody to have an honest, great platform to showcase all the hard work because I know what goes into what they put into that night fight night. Oh, so sure. I want them to have a good platform you know, uh, to showcase those skills.
0: Definitely. Um, if you had to point to one of these fights on July 2nd that you would say could be, the, could be your fight of the night pick, just off on paper, Uh, do you have a pick in mind already where you're like, okay, this is the one that I think is going to take home the fight of the night? It's usually um, never right because there's always a shocker in there that surprises you and ends up being the fight of the night anyway, but is there one that you have on
1: paper right now you're like, this could be the one that's going to blow the house down? I mean, it's so hard. That's like, I got five kids. That's like, (laughs) one of my kids is my favorite. Um, I I, I wish I can answer that question Mm -hmm. for you. Um, It's just so difficult. I mean, we already talked about all the pro fights and it's like any one of those could steal. They could all be bangers. Um, You know, I, I, the amateur title fights, hands down, like we don't care for amateur title fighters, For instance, like these are the best of the best. At the, in their weights, in their division, in New England. This isn't a title that just goes to the highest ticket seller in that weight class. Like, you know, Hassan Graham is from Springfield. Jack Burke trains at Jackson Wink out in Albuquerque. Like, though he's from New Hampshire, Maine area. It's like, these guys aren't even selling tickets. But we want, when you hold one of our belts, you are one of the best of the best in New England. And you're going to go on and have a great career. Um, you know, you look at the guys that have made it to the UFC. Some of our past champions, Rob Font, um you know, to name one, Manny Bermudez. There's so many guys that have held our belts. Kyle Bachniak's another one yeah. that's gone on to achieve great things in their career. So um, those fights, I can name every one of those title fights. That could be it. Um, if I'll say this. Amateurs. All right, we'll just go amateurs. Go with the amateurs. Fights in non-pros. Got you. Probably. It's hard to name the O and O, so I like. Let's, I'm just no disrespect to them. I just don't know what I'm going to get from them, so we'll mm-hmm. scratch those guys off. Right. Um, one fight in particular, probably Will Asia and Julian Connerton. Uh, Will Asia, that's a Muay Thai fight. Julian Connerton, one punch overhand knockout. Oh yeah. You know, it was amazing viral video that went crazy. Um, Will Asia fought on our very first combat night. He was one of the very first Muay Thai fights we ever held, and he lost the decision. But it was his 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 skills that he possessed. He's a traditional martial artist, and he's just so very elusive. And um, he has such a unique style. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very weird. I remember in that fight, like they were like yelling at him, like stopping him, and being like, "You got to engage more." And it's like e- I, he was literally Anderson Silver in there. Just right, like yeah,
0: I could I've always, seen some of his his videos and his clips that he posts on social media. You could just tell. The skill set is very like Anderson Silva, uh, yeah. Michael Venom Page esque. You know, he's that yes. long, lanky frame. You know, he loves to use the movement, and um, he's a he very wasn't
1: it, throw strikes. He was, yeah. you know, but when he did throw strikes, they were very Machida. You know, those guys you name, like mm-hmm. powerful, and they made you respect it. And it was, and you know, they were like, you're not engaging enough. It's like, well, I'm ma- I'm making my guy miss, and I'm hitting him. So that fight's going to be super fun. Both guys are, you you know. Uh, are, are, are amped up about it. They both say they're going to bring it, so something's going to have to break that night. Yeah. Um, you know, and then obviously um, the other amateur fight I'm I'm, I'm I'm pretty excited about is, I mentioned it earlier, um, Julian, I'm uh, sorry, uh, Annabella Kelly and Aaron Johnson. Why I love this fight is, though I I do enjoy both girls and I, mm-hmm. I think it could be a great fight in general, it's, it's the evolution of cage titans. You have two former cage titans fighters now in the cornering role and the mentoring role and, and, and that's something that that means a lot to me because you know what are these guys going to do when their fight careers are over and obviously parents still in the ufc connor he's got the dana white contender series but it, it's just something unique and fun where these guys who grew up fighting for us now are changing roles and they're bringing their fighters up through us so that's that's that that's why that match is special yeah it uh, is really cool uh johnny cupcakes corner he had one of his students fight for us before um slippery pete has so mm-hmm. those kind of things are cool because these guys fought at cage titans one and here we are at 54 and now they've come full circle and now yeah. we're coaches
0: it's funny um, e- even when slippery pete's not a corner man he's still a corner man
1: Yes, yes. That guy yes. is
0: yelling from the front row every time.
1: And we've had to yell at him before when he yells from the commentary booth. It's like you're commentating, but uh, you know, you got to keep it. Yeah. Um, and then I guess the last one is Ben Grady versus Sergey Perinsuko. Mm-hmm. These are two undefeated studs in the lightweight division. 4-0 and for Ben Grady out of Evolution. Sergey Perinsuko's 2-0 out of Local Lobo. That fight has uh, dynamite written all over
0: it. Yeah, I'm uh I'm partial to Local Lobo's gym. He grew up with, he grew up with my dad. So I kind of oh. I kind of know uh, the family a little bit. So whenever I see his fighters into the ring, I kind of I have a little personal bias on that one. So I'm excited to see Sergey, And um, I can't wait to see Jeff Joy get back in there. And I yes. think um, your first, correct me if I'm wrong, the first women's fight you ever had for Cage Titans was Sarah
1: Click. Correct. Sarah Click. Uh, yeah. I believe was. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. She was. She we fought high school before. Together. I don't yeah. know if she was the first. But yeah, definitely. I, I, I'm pretty. You might be right, though. She might have been the first female fighter. Uh, she fought Ronnie, Ronnie Manny, I believe.
0: Yeah, it was a, I remember it was a title. It was an amateur title fight. Oh. Yeah.
1: Yep. Dude. All right. Look at that. You, you're showing me your history. Hey, you Did know, you what? hey, I'll be there Saturday night. You buy tickets from Ronnie, I mean, uh, from Sarah when she
0: fought? No, I didn't. I wasn't there. You didn't
1: come to the fight? Oh, I wasn't
0: at that right. one. I think I might have been in college or something at the time. I, have, I don't know. It was a while ago. But I always right. kept I up with you. her career. Don't hold it against yeah, me, shoot. please. Don't kick me out.
1: I won't. That was in uh, 2006. Sarah Click.
0: Yeah, I was in high school then. Yeah, Crazy. Cool. Hey, man, you guys have a lot of history. You have a lot of great fighters. How do you feel about um, when your fighters kind of graduate to the next level and they kind of move on to um, the bigger promotions outside of the region? How does that make you feel as um, the head of this promotion that they kind of grew up in?
1: Yeah, man, it, it's definitely cool. Like, I will say like, of course it's cool when a guy gets to the UFC, like, of course it's great. It's great when they, they graduate, but just as important as that to me is seeing a guy that just, or or a woman that's there to compete for the fun of it. Like as excited as I was, I'll go back to like Manny Bermudez. He's a guy who had every one of his fights for us and he made it all the way to UFC. Joe Giannetti, another one. Um, But like, as exciting as it is to see them hit their goal of, of getting to the UFC, it's just as satisfying for me to see a guy like John Payne hit his goal, which the last show, have his first cage win. And it's just as important for me uh, when I go back, and whether it's a guy who just was on a weight loss journey and, and found it through this sport, just seeing guys achieve their goals. Because, yes, it's cool to see a guy that I mentioned achieve his goal again to UFC, but not everybody that competes under the cage Titans banner goal is to compete at the UFC. Mm-hmm. So whatever their goal is, just being a part of their journey and seeing somebody set out on a goal and then achieve it. And sometimes it's not even winning in the cage, just stepping in the cage was their sure. goal. Win yeah. or lose um, being a, 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 a part or somewhat of a part of that journey is the most rewarding whether it's UFC bigger promotions or a one and done guy who had it on his bucket list um, you know that, that so that that that's and and I think that's something that gets lost a lot uh, you, you maybe hit a nerve uh, but like it's something that gets lost a lot because you know you, you see a lot of people that they just want to tout the next usc prospect oh this guy's going to the usc or the guy gets to the usc and they that's all they want to talk about right. it's like well they're you know on this fight card we have 16 fights you know maybe one guy will get to the usc but that mm-hmm. still means there's 31 other fighters that are on there that their you know um engagement on this fight card is just as important 100%. you know so I, 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 it, it does strike a nerve because I feel like some promotions discredit the other people. They yeah. only want to tout the next UFC guy. And it's like, well, cool. Like, that, that's all well and good. But there's 31 other fighters on a card that exactly. deserve that. helps build of, the product as well. Exactly. And, and as important as that one UFC guy you might think mm-hmm. is, is, is the most important guy that night, well, that one guy who could potentially make it to the UFC one day, that's not enough to put on a fight card. It's not exactly. enough on a show. You need everybody. Uh, so exactly. everybody achieving their goals is, is, is what makes me happy.
0: Definitely, man. Um, I'll get you out of here in, in a minute. I just have one personal question. I was at combat night three and there is the four V four, BJJ match. Yeah. Are we gonna, are we gonna see another one of those in cage Titans, man? Cause that was electric.
1: Uh, oh man. Absolutely. I mean, that was a great time. Um, you know, prior to COVID, we had, we, we started a grappling division where we were doing grappling tournaments, very much like Naga and grappling industries. Um, we did Muay Thai fights. Obviously, we started those back up, but we did combat. Combat night was a concept that we developed um, right before COVID, where it was like, it was going to be our contender series mm-hmm. where, um, you know, it was a smaller show. And some of the newer amateurs were on it. Some of like, maybe the headliner would be like a, a pro that wouldn't normally headline a numbered event, but they would headline that kind of card, like a fight night, I guess you would call it. Sure. Um, so, you know, it was something that we, we, we kind of developed before COVID and then when COVID hit, it shut down everybody. And the first thing that we were focused on was just jump starting the MMA division and getting guys who've been sitting on the sidelines, who this is their life. Like some fighters, this is all they do. They're trying to get to that next level. And, and we wanted to make sure we jump-started the MMA back up. And you can see that, the fact that July 2nd will mark our ninth show in 12 months. Yeah, if cool. you go back in time, we were doing five shows a year. So we almost doubled that. Um, we were do, you know, So um, now that we have kind of jump-started the sport back up again, in in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll take our more measured approach, where we go back to our 10-week schedule. You know, we'll do an event every other month. Um, and then maybe the in-betweens, we'll see more of those combat nights. We'll see more of the grappling tournaments. Because backfilling a lot, what mm-hmm. I said earlier. Exactly, yeah. Uh, you know, we want somebody. And another a great thing that we've had happen is a guy who – Maybe one day wants to compete in MMA, but he's not quite there yet. So he'll do a cage titans grappling tournament. Um, and then he's like, okay, I got the, the, the competition level out of me. And you know what? I don't want to do everything combined yet. So let I take a kickboxing fight. Mm-hmm. And that was Peter McLeod work and he right. did some kickboxing. And then he's like, all right, I think I can put this together. I'm going to graduate to MMA. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think it's important for us to give, I go back to this honest you know, place to compete, um, that's going to promote you and promote the sport and promote what you're doing, um, effectively. So if we give a guy, we get back to doing those grappling tournaments, we get back to doing more kickboxing, um, you know, develop the, the younger fighters. And then eventually when they're ready, they put it all together and they get in the MMA cage. So exactly. you'll see more of that the four, four V four was amazing. Um, it was something that people have been up my butt about doing for a while, but I will tell you this, after those guys won from uh, Real BJJ, uh, I don't think there's many people lining up to take them on. So I'm going to probably have to do. We've even talked about developing that concept out further, where like we do it with MMA fighters. Like, um, let's put like Andrew Valdina, for instance. Andrew Valdina, take your four fighters. Uh, they have to be amateur fighters um, in New England mm-hmm. and face him off with team, for the sake of argument, Shane Doherty. Mm-hmm. And Indarty gets a bit. They have to be amateur fighters, right? And, and so that that's that's one little segment we could do. We could do yeah. it with pro fighters, like hey Peter Barrett, take your three pro fighters, and we'll put you against Giannetti and his three fighters, and then we'll do an open, which would be like the real BJJ guys, uh, where it's the real guys that are in there yeah. competing BJJ on the regular, um, because it's it, it it's a different level. The so seeing those guys, and I think we saw that in that first match, like. Leon Davis, John Duma, those guys who competed from Team Triforce are studs in the MMA world. But then in BJJ, everybody's like, "Who the hell are these guys?" And they just come in and they and they pulled it off. And it was there's levels to those item those um, individualized sports. Definitely, Uh, I love I love
0: love all the aspects of MMA too, man. So when we get to see. high level BJJ guys roll versus each other and we get to see high level Muay Thai guys strike versus each other and then we get to see the MMA guys go at it like just that whole concept of putting all those things into one night of fights is very entertaining for fans that just want to like that are long time fans or fans just want to learn the sport in general they get to learn a little bit about every aspect of the game so I think that part of your product is actually like super cool idea and it's just as captivating for someone like me as uh, a regular MMA fight is.
1: Yeah, cool. Well, I'm glad you guys enjoy it. It's definitely something that I've had people in. in, And, you know, what's funny is that, you know, uh, other people have taken the concept and and running it with it as well. Um, You know, I saw grappling at uh, CES this past weekend. Um, Leon Davis, who competed for us, he actually was on that. John Duma was on that. Um, So, you know, other promotions are are, are seeing the value in that. And I mean, that's great. Um, So it's even better for the sport overall. Uh, more competition is 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 great for everybody. Definitely.
0: All right, Mike, I'm going to get you out of here, man. I appreciate you taking your time to come out and talk to me. Uh, I'm sure I'll run into you on July 2nd for at least a split second because, you know, we always know you're running laps around the yeah. building. So, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Like, hey, this doing? is the perfect right,
1: time. As, as you can see, the, the sun's starting to come in on the. Yeah, it started yeah. over here. Now it, it hasn't hit my face yet, and I'm just trying to move, and I'm starting yeah, yeah, yeah. to sweat. Yeah, so this yeah, yeah. is perfect. Uh, I got you, I, guys. I appreciate it. Um I appreciate everything you guys do for the fighters, you know, and, and interviewing them and, and getting the word out about them because on it and, and the fact that you guys are sponsoring fighters is, is amazing. Um, you know, too. On this card that I'm sponsoring and it's yeah.
0: what I was building towards and what I wanted to do. So now that I'm able to do something like that, it's cool for me just as it is as it is for, for them as well. So
1: so now, man, that's taking it to another level. So uh, on behalf of them, if they haven't thanked you enough, I thank you for that. Um, because, you know, they put a lot of hard work and effort into this. And and, and, and it's great to see people like yourself um, and others recognizing that. So okay. uh, thank you. And we will see you July 2nd. If you don't already, make sure you follow us on all our social media. I say this every time uh, at Cage Titans across the board, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, subscribe on YouTube. Um You know, we're all over the place. Um, I, 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 you know, we pump out that social media if you you don't know. Yes, you do. (laughs) Yes, you do. (laughs) If you don't know, now Uh, you know.
0: (laughs) Yes, sir. All right, guys, go get your tickets. It's a couple weeks out. Tickets are running low. Get them now before they're out and you're outside begging at the door. Uh, Mike, thank you for coming on again, man. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for taking your time. And I'll see you on July 2nd.
1: See you later, brother. Later, man.